on the outside, everybody sees the, the positive, but nobody ever sees the challenges that one has to overcome in order to get to where they have to get to. And so kind of like the rite of passage, you know, you have to, you have to fall, you have to fail, you have to start over in order to succeed. Welcome to the Art of Success Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Bozinski, and I'm excited to be interviewing personalities from all different backgrounds on how they've learned and earned success. Our goal is that the stories would equip you to achieve success both personally and professionally. Please note that there may be explicit words or conversational topics in this podcast. So if you're underage or listening with a child, please be aware of this. Lastly, please note that all the views, beliefs, and opinions are not always a reflection of the hosts. Okay, let's jump in. Well, Sunil and Prasad, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. How's it going? Yeah, really happy to have both of you on here. I've never done a podcast with three people. And so this is going to be a little bit interesting, a little bit fun. Um, but I always like to start off with some introductions. Why don't you guys uh, maybe both briefly share a little bit about yourselves, your history, uh, whether that be professional and personal, uh, and then kind of pass it around. And then we'll kind of jump to the next question here. Okay, sounds good, Daniel. Uh, so I'll start with myself first. My name is Sunil Patel. Uh, started a company called Motorworks Auto Group in 2007. Uh, prior to that, I was a physician, which was a very short-lived career. Uh, my passion <laughs> was working on cars. And uh, started in 2007, grew that company all the way to 2017, and then sold it at that point. Uh, during the middle of those 10 years or so, we also did vehicle sales at that time uh, in 2012 and uh, continued that to 2014. Noticed that there was a shortcoming in the industry as far as vehicle repair systems go. Nobody really had a cloud-based shop management system. And when I say shop management system, I'm referring to uh, the system that basically drives a repair business and allows it to invoice, inventory, uh, communicate with their customers. So the traditional systems out there are basically you know the old download them or install them on a USB memory stick type of systems. Install a CD even. Um, the, you know technology has not improved or evolved in this segment since the 80s. I would say so. You know there's several key players in this market space, and nobody had thought of developing a cloud-based solution. So we. I pitched it to Prashant one night and he was pretty ecstatic about it. And we started thinking about how we're going to develop it, got some uh, investors in, in line and we we went full force with it. It's so cool because I think about the times I go to like, you know, whether it be Bell Tire or Discount Tire or getting my oil change or, you know, all the repairs that you get on your car, just in general, it's all paper. And my wife just called me the other day. I'm like, just fold it and shove it in the, you know, in the glove box, you know, so it's very cool to hear you guys doing this. I think there's a massive need in the market. There's obviously a niche to it, um, which is really amazing. But um, why don't you go and share a little bit about yourself, Prashant? Sure. So <clears throat> I'm Prashant Chilakuri. Um, I've known Sunil since since I was a little kid, uh, you know, since, since childhood. And um, when he gave up medicine, um, <clears throat> he kind of gave me a call when I was graduating from Texas A&M University. And uh, I, too, was in pre-med, um, kind of going down that path. And he called me up one day and just said, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm going to quit medicine and I want to come back to Houston and I want to open up this shop and I want you to come help me. And... At that point, I was like, sure, why not? 
Sounds great. And so I moved to Houston, and him and I um, spent many nights, you know, constructing um, uh, MotorWorks and the building and building it out and understanding customer flows and processes. Um, and then since then, you know, MotorWorks has been running for about 10 years. Uh, in between that time, you know, my <laughs> parents finally gave me a call and said, hey, you know, go and get a real job. You know, this is, <laughs> go, go do something. So, um, I deviated for a little bit. The tough um, words from parents, go and get it, a real job. It really is. And so I was like, okay, let me see what I can do. So I went back to grad school at, at University of Houston, did a master's in finance, networked, um, met some executives in the oil and gas sector. And obviously, as you know, Houston's a huge oil and gas um, hub. And so I joined a startup uh, in 2012, Talos Energy. And I've been with um, that executive team ever since. Um, they're, they're private equity backed and I've, uh, I've learned tenfold with it and kind of coming full circle, you know, Sunil and I have obviously always been in touch, good friends. And, um, you know, he brought up this idea and I loved it. I fell in love with it. And, and given my finance background, I said, hey, we've got a lot of friends that, that you know, have some capital that they want to put to work. Why don't we put this together and let's let's see what we can do. Let's give it a shot. Totally. Super cool. So and tell us, you know, give us a little bit of background, because ultimately, from what I talked with you before, the, the MotorWorks Auto Group is an actual facility that has customers, correct? Yes, and then does. And then you, 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 you had your own, you know, MotorWorks company, Auto Group company. Uh, and Sunil, basically, you're sitting there and you guys are brainstorming. You're thinking, well, God, like this is so archaic. We need to like revolutionize our own. So you get to have this kind of real-time beta test with your own auto group then. Absolutely, Daniel. So, you know, during the 10 years of running MotorWorks Auto Group, I probably switched, oh, about three different shop management systems. And the last one I switched to is the one that kind of pushed me over the edge where I, <laughs> I, I said, you know what, there's got to be a better way of doing this. And that's when we cut ties with that shop management system after 30 days or so. And we decided... That's when I went to Prashant and I said, you know what, let's build a cloud-based shop management system with modern, robust technology, um, some some way of increasing transparency with customers, some way of, uh, you know, in the auto repair business is, let's just face it, it's one of the businesses in, the, in this world where uh, trust is an issue, especially when somebody that doesn't know their vehicle inside and out goes to yep. a repair shop. So, Certainly, that's super true, actually. Yeah, and so we wanted to see how can we improve trust, improve transparency from a uh, technology standpoint between shop owners and their customers. And so the first version of TechMetric is kind of goes down that path. And So I and hate we, saying it, but it's very true. Like whenever I go to the store, I get very sketchy, like like I'm getting, you know, screwed or, you know, you know, taken advantage of because I don't know what this costs and what how many hours that and and you know, yeah. it, it's super funny that you bring that up. Well, tell me a little bit about your story very much interests me too because you come from this, you know, background of being a doctor and it was boring to you or what? Like what how does that how do you go from doctor to auto group? You know, that's just it's such a big jump. So, uh, during residency time in Detroit, Michigan, I I took my vehicle to a repair shop in Michigan. Now, you know, and I'm from Detroit, Michigan, right? Really? Okay. Yes. Keep going. So, though. I used to live on 10 mile road. Oh my gosh. 696, and, uh, took my vehicle in for, uh, an alignment at a shop. And by then I had tinkered with that vehicle quite a bit. And the shop owner I came to know was a physician. And so that, <laughs> 
that light bulb went off and I, I got to meet him. I spoke to him for a little bit and we, we hit it off and I came home and I told my wife and I said, honey, I'm, I'm done with medicine. And you can only imagine how the next phone call went with my parents. Oh my gosh. Like so, it's gotta be what the analysis and the diagnostic side of you and the solution side of you still though, right? Absolutely. So we incorporated, so when we started MotorWorks Auto Group, we incorporated practices and principles of dealing with patients in the automotive space. Great. Great. And tell me about like the whole idea was around, I'm, I'm assuming that you were having this pain point, like how much were those systems costing you? You know, the email systems, the tech systems, the software, they're all separate probably. And, like, and I know that TechMetric is going to be this kind of all-in-one solution. So were you just paying just an astro- astronomical amount and then you're like wanting to, you know, create this software as a service to be some type of subscription model that beat all these others out together? Is that kind of the idea? Yeah. So, you know, when we started TechMetric, there really wasn't any solutions out there for anything other than basic shop management. And it wasn't until the last two years, uh, 2016, around 2016, when you started getting pieces of software that would interface with existing shop management systems, such as a text messaging system or a digital video inspection system. So what we have created is something very cutting edge and modern because to date still there are no cloud-based shop management systems that have these features. Wow. That's incredible. In, in, in the other systems, are they quite expensive, you know, for these shops? Cause these are mostly their mom and pop shops, right? There's a very few, like a lot of the, um, I would say that a lot of the larger, like, you know, the Toyota and the, I don't go to those dealerships. I'm sure that other people do. I, I have a few buddies that do it and I just go to them. So are they, I mean, they're paying for these other systems and is it, is it expensive? Yeah. So, so Daniel, the challenges that we've noticed is that, you know, you've got kind of a base shop management system, which can range you from anywhere from 150 to 350, you know, per month. Then on top of it, you have this kind of add on or bolt on type solutions that can allow you to do text messaging or allow you to do digital vehicle inspections. And so that's another $200 a month. And then you start adding marketing stuff. That's another $200 a month. Oh my gosh. So reporting is another two hundred dollars a month. So they nickel and dime you uh, in such a way. So a, a small business shop is almost out the door, close to a thousand dollars a month. And so, as kind of managing MotorWorks here, we just felt a, you know, it none of these systems really talk to each other very well. And we wanted to build a system that was intuitive, fluid. It worked together really well and was really cost effective for small businesses. And we just felt a thousand dollars a month all collectively for some some software that doesn't work quite well is, is definitely needs improvement. That's where we found the kind of a, uh, an arbitrage moment to, to take advantage of this. Well, it's incredible too, because a lot of this software, and this is this, the, the reality of it, there's a lot of sunk costs that go into developing anything, right? Um, but once it's developed, it's developed. And so you've got these services that are a kick that haven't been developed that cost a lot of money where you could you know, basically replicate a lot of them because it's already been done and developed many, many, many times, you know, put package it and, and, and what an incredible solution to be able to provide. I want to go a little bit more into kind of like this annual business model you created. So, so Neil, your, your full-time thing 
because you're both entrepreneurial. You both have a passion to create solutions. You're both easily bored once you accomplish something, right? <laughs> and so, you know, at one point you created this Motor Works group. And, and how is that organization? How is that? Is that kind of your full-time job, right? Because I know Prashant's thing is assistant treasurer at Talos. That's kind of like his day job. What would be that for you then, Sunil? <clears throat> so my, you know, I've devoted my efforts full-time now with Techmetric Great. as of the last few months. So... I, I breathe and sleep and eat Techmetric now. Awesome. And and what what's the MVP look like? Like you're creating this MVP. What's the what's the functions of of that MVP? <clears throat> so what we did initially to create the MVP is we created a piece of software that would allow a shop management a shop owner to do basic functions such as calendar uh, scheduling appointments. Um, creating a repair order, looking up labor times, and basically communicate with the customer either via email or text message. Now, we did not include the uh, additional features such as reporting, digital video inspections, and the initial release of this uh, software. Yep. So that is stuff that we're consistently and constantly building on. We have a lot of features coming out in just two weeks here. and. I, I see this as an ever evolving uh, piece of software that's never going to die because we constantly communicate with our shop owners and we know what they want. And so we actually created an online group on uh, Facebook actually to, to be able to communicate and chat back and forth with shop owners to see their pain points. So we want to be able to listen to all of these shop owners and figure out best practices for for uh, overcoming a lot of these obstacles that they have. That's great. What's your, what's your expected, you know, are you doing like a, I'm sure you have a crawl, walk, run phase development, right? Like your MVP and then your your second rendition, your third, you, you kind of have that developed out yet? Yeah, so um, software development is never fully developed. I mean, I think <laughs> anybody who really gets in the space kind of can agree to that. Um, we're always constantly improving. We're always constantly enhancing. So our MVP um, we released with a with a soft launch Feb one, and you know we had some shops kind of demo the system, play with it. We got feedback, and we keep improving on it. And our goal is to keep releasing versions like one dot one one dot one. We've already released one dot two should be released uh, towards the end of March, and um, each new release has new features and improvements of feedback that we've received from the shop owners. That's um, pretty cool. We have a we have a kind of a master vision plan that of all the features that we want in the system that we that we uh, constantly kind of work with our team with and, and um, the the best part about this is really is our team I think that's our strongest thing and we have some some of the most talented uh, developers and one of the best designers that um, that you could find and, and we, you know I don't think we'd be where we are without such a great team in place. Yeah, that user interface, that UI is super important, right? And then just making sure everything talks right together on that back end. But, you know, tell me a little bit about your, you know, your silver, gold, platinum. Are you building like a, you know, this version's 25 bucks and then this version's 50 bucks and this version's, you know, $1,000 or something like that? Like, are you, are, you, are you just starting off with a simple price for these shop owners? Are you offering it, you know, free for 30 days? Kind of what's your pull to get them in the door? Yeah, so actually, um, <clears throat> we're free for the rest of 2018. Wow. Uh, and we're free on purpose because we we want to engage with our shop owners. We want to hear them. We want to talk to them. Man, we should have started with that. That's a, <laughs> like, that's a huge deal. Keep going. 
We're free. Um, we know that we're still constantly building new features, so we just felt as good business practices. We don't feel right charging when we know that we're still under construction. And so whatever we do have, we want to get feedback, keep making it better, keep improving, keep rolling out new features. Um, and then I will. we haven't released any uh, monthly price uh, publicly just yet, but I, I will confirm for sure that we are a fraction of, you know, I said it's about $1,000, $1,200 when you add up all those systems with all those features. Will be almost you know a fraction of that cost, and any new upgrades and any new features will be free. That's great. How many have you done any analytics on how many automotive you know not moms and pop shops, but for a better lack of words, you know what's your ideal customer profile? I guess is it you know person with one to ten shops? Is it one to twenty? Uh, and then how many are there kind of in the you know the U.S.? Yeah, no, great question, great question. So. Um, we read Ratchet and Wrench uh, religiously, and we saw, I think, in their circulation, they've got about uh, 99,000 plus shops that they circulate. And I think just some other statistics that we pulled, there's about 200,000 200, shops in the United States. That's great. Uh, and that doesn't doesn't quite include kind of ancillary shops. And by ancillary, I mean like your, your um, rock chip, your hail dent, your window tinting, your car stereo, like all of those guys can actually utilize the system. It's not just repair shops. That's great. And then when you um, when you kind of go about, you know, reaching out to them, obviously this 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 free feedback that you're getting is really awesome because you can basically develop based on what people are saying they need the most. And you can have all these data plots for those things. Right. And you can even maybe suggest a few things and organize your development around that and then building value around on the inside of your, your platform. So where do you like, where do you want to be in, in three years? Like have you kind of wrote down some revenue goals that you guys want to see uh, in, in three years where you want to be from a monthly standpoint or a yearly standpoint or an evaluation standpoint? That. <laughs> That is a lovely question, and that's something that we we always talk about almost on a daily basis. Um, we, because of how we were modeled, and um, to answer your previous question, you know, we don't have different um, structures of pricing. It's it's all in one shop, one price, and um, that's kind of the current business model. We just feel we're going to give as many features as we can to these shop owners, and we're not going to nickel and dime them for this feature or that feature. It's just you, you pay one monthly price and you get everything. Oh, great. I was going to ask you about that too. Like, it's not going to be the add-ons. You're going to like, it's just going to be a, a platform fee. Yeah. Keep going. We hated that. So we, if we hated it. We just don't feel it's fair to push that onto other shop owners as well. Yeah. You feel like uh, you're getting nickel and dimes. Like it's $3 yeah. <laughs> to send another text message or something. Keep going. That's great. Other existing systems, they charge you per license. Um, if you have additional users, they charge you. Oh. If, and none of these systems you can use outside of the, the actual shop. You've got to be present at location to use it so it's just it's it's annoying and right. we just you know we don't want to have that kind of you know that kind of stigma really we just we want to be a good transparent company we want to be honest and have good service for everybody totally uh, our our vision is um is really to get to you know 200 to 250 shops this year and i think it's a very conservative goal but you know i think it's achievable yep. uh, we do we obviously do have an investor base that we've got to meet their expectations and that's important as well so trying to hit guidelines and hit milestones is very important um getting to up to ten thousand is kind of our golden number that we'd like to be at and i think that would be a good position to be in within the next three to five years cool and then from then on you know we can keep developing improving there's different markets there's canada there's the united kingdom there's different areas in which we can start um, progressing towards simultaneously while growing our american 
uh, user base. So 10,000 in three years, right? And then the, the moon from there. Well, I'm going to say five years just to be, to okay. be concerned, but, okay. uh, three years would be great. <laughs> yeah. Three to five years, 10,000 users. Uh, what's your, what's your access point to shop owners, right? So how are you, and these, these are just like, to me, these are business questions and like, how are you, how are you planning to market to get to the decision maker in a shop? Um, I'll, I'll let Sino kind of interject in here, but I think essentially having MotorWorks as part of our background and, and MotorWorks was, you know, is a successful shop. And, and when we started this, we targeted towards um, a higher clientele around the Houston area. We targeted towards the high net worth individuals, which proved successful, which allowed us to achieve a higher average RO than most normal shops. Yep. And RO means repair order, so higher average ticket. Yeah. Um, that in itself has allowed Sunil to kind of, you know, manage his shop in such a way and, and it gives credibility to the platform. So, it, you know, he's got the ears of several shops um, through Facebook and through different means. And we've, we've networked with several other very um, lucrative shop owners who, who also have a really good following. And, and, you know, they've got the same mission to try to help other other shops who, you know, just are either struggling or just, you know, need some help to get to better business practices, really. Cool. Cool. So I'm, you know, everyone knows a shop owner, right? Whether it's a friend or family or someone they go to. So, you know, Sunil, give me, give me like the, the two minute pitch on why, why tech, tech metric, right? Cause ultimately if, if, if you can brand this thing very powerfully, the, the, the cool thing is it's, you know, shop owners talk, right? I'm sure they do at least. Uh, and like, you know, if you can, if you can kind of get that elevator down and really, so what, what, what does it sound like and what is it, the value, the value add there? So TechMetric is the all-in-one cloud-based shop management system that allows you to run your business efficiently, efficiently and smoothly um, without having any hiccups by, uh, when I say hiccups, uh, having multiple pieces of software communicating with each other since it's all of the same technology it allows you to communicate with your customers. It's all in the cloud. It allows you to text message customers back and forth, sends pictures. So uh, improves transparency between customers. Great. And um, it, it, it's, it's tied in with a bunch of other third-party technologies also to allow shop owners to look up labor times uh, when performing repairs. And a lot of the features that we modeled in TechMetric are based on real shop experience. So what's the fastest way to get a customer off the phone when they're trying to book an appointment or what's the fastest way to create an estimate for a customer, which you only have a few minutes to do because a customer is usually shopping around from shop to shop, trying to figure out how much things are going to cost on their car. Uh, and you have occasionally you have customers that are not going to come through the door. They're not going to bring their car in. they're going to make a call. You know, how much is it going to cost to replace this part? Uh, before TechMetric, we had to personally take their phone number down and and call them back after a while right. because we'd have to look up parts, we'd have to look up labor times, we'd have to figure out the totals, call them back, and if you hopefully you didn't forget to call them back, and if you did call them back, it was probably half an hour to forty five minutes later, and they may or may not have found another shop. I think what's so what's so beautiful about it again is going back to like your auto group, you know. You, you're running up sales, doing high ticket numbers and running into all these probably frustrations and issues. I mean, you've got to have a log of all the stuff that you want to put into this platform long term. So, yes, absolutely. So just just on my phone, I've created a little notes page and, you know, some random fleeting thought will come in my head and 
I'll think about, you know, hey, we, this feature might be good or that feature might be good. And so I'll put it on my phone and, and discuss it later on with Prashant. Uh, but yeah, it's, it, you know, I keep thinking about how this entire process can be improved uh, for all, all the parties involved, for the customer, for the shop owner, for the technician. Great, great. Yeah, I'd love to get like into a little bit of the nitty gritty of your guys' partnership for a minute. So first thing, tell us a little bit about family, what that looks like if you're married, have kids or uh, or single right now. And then I'd love to hear about, you know, why did you guys partner together? Like, why did you feel the need to have to do that, right? Okay, so let me start with myself. So yes, I've been married for 16 years now, have two daughters, uh, three and seven now. And um, so it's, it's a little bit of a balance between all my other activities and uh, uh, Techmetric and family and so forth. Uh, the reason why I picked Prashant, and I've told him this directly, is that it's hard to find somebody that has the same work ethic that's in line with the way you think. And in fact, I know Prashant through his brother. So, you know, his brother and I went to medical school together. Um, but, you know, Prashant, his work ethic is very similar, and I got a taste of it when we first started MotorWorks Auto Group in 07. And I've seen him uh, grow in his career uh, with his oil and gas company, and I thought it was a good fit for me. That's great. So are you guys partners as well in the auto group? No, no, we're, we're not partners in the auto group, just uh, the shop management system. Okay, great, great. Prashant, tell us a little bit about uh, your family background and then again, why the partnership and what kind of, you know, what led you to feel, you know, was this kind of your opportunity to say, hey, you know, I'm really going to launch into this entrepreneurial effort here or what? Sure, sure, sure. So um, I, uh, I married, uh, have a wife and I've got a daughter on the way in about a month. Awesome. Congrats. Uh, thank you. Thank you. We're excited. Yeah. Um, you know, like Sunil said, we, him and my brother, my older brother were actually friends from high school and through college. And I was always actually kind of that, that annoying kid that always kind of wanted to hang out with them. And, um, you know, through times, you know, we've, Sunil and I have stayed in touch over the years. And then, you know, when I got that phone call, uh, in 2007, when I was leaving college, I was like, yes, this sounds like a, a great idea. And Sunil's always been very successful and very respectable in business. And everything I've seen him do has been very, um, uh, very inspirational. And so, um, you know, I've seen him grow MotorWorks, you know, from the time that I kind of helped him build a shop and I left to go kind of build my own career. But I've seen him be very successful here and he's built this place up. Um, we're, we're actually sitting in MotorWorks right now on the second floor. He, he constructed an entire second floor, especially for Techmetric offices on the second floor of his own building. Super cool. Yeah, it's real cool. And so uh, I've seen what he's able to do and he's able to work with customers, work with other clients, work with really any kind of business relationship and um, he hasn't you know he hasn't ever disappointed anyone everyone if you I always joke with him um, you know he started as Sunman 78 which he, he hates kind of admitting but this was a <laughs> this was in the heyday of, of forums before Facebook and so he actually got his popularity because he used to install iPods and Bluetooth phone kits into you know, Mercedes and BMWs when it was popular back in, you know, 99, 2000. So he's always tinkering with stuff. And, um, I've always watched him and I've always just been inspired by what he can do. And, and when he approached me with this, I said, absolutely. I, you know, never hesitation. I think most people, um, they get nervous when you start partying with friends and family. And I think we balance each other out really well. I think he's a, he's a great visionary and he, he knows the, 
um, direction in which we need to kind of be strategic and need to be um, thinking about. And I'm really good with, you know, working with the team and, and gathering ideas and getting more detailed into executing a lot of the, uh, the visions for it. So we're, we're a great partnership. That's great. You know, partnerships can be scary, right? I mean, you know, whether it be 50-50 or whether, whether it be a joint venture or whether it be something that there's a percentage involved in that at whatever level, it's scary giving up ownership because there's this, you know, there's this need and, and tension of performance, right? So not only does the person have to perform, but the person has to have the same values. The person can't have their values change overnight or else there can be some conflicts, right, on the way that they're treating team members compared to the way that you want to treat team members or deal with customers or, and again, like if you if, if there's no performance, I mean, God, you guys know how this, this development stuff, it's never ending, right? You talk about one issue comes up in development and then, oh my God, it's 16 issues, you know, or, hey, let's develop this thing, but oh my gosh, but then we have to develop this and this and this and that. It's like, you got to really like all those conversations. Oh my gosh. Tell, tell me a little bit about your team. How big is your team? You've got like a developer, a UI, a, a web guy. What, what, what do you have kind of in that phase? Yeah, sure. So um, <clears throat> we have Brandon Rukin, who's our uh, UX UI designer. Um, he's a requirements analyst and uh, candidly, he's, he's absolutely fantastic. Um, he's, he's very patient with me because I, I put him through the ringer sometimes of doing changes and doing this, but he's, <laughs> he's been able to grasp onto the business and he really has enveloped himself with the vision of TechMetric and he's, um, he's responsible for, for the very simplicity of the user interface, understanding what the, what the shop owner is going to go through and, um, understanding all the changes. And he, he thinks about all the different scenarios, you know, before I even get to it. And, and uh, I've, you know, we've been working together through almost on a daily basis. We communicate and um, I've, I've been really impressed with his design skills and what he's able to document. And he's he's a hell of a guy to be really organized. And I'm almost jealous of how organized he is because I can never be as organized as he is. That's um, Taylor Fuqua is our lead developer. Um, he joined us shortly after Brandon did. And he's also just an amazing coder and developer and um, I always give him props because he loves speed, and our system really is one of the fastest shop management systems around, and it's uh, truly be kind of because of him. And he's able to take concepts. The funny thing about Taylor, every time I have a meeting with him, I always see him go around from chair to chair, and he never writes anything down. But he seems to grasp all the material and the content, and he just makes it happen. So he's, he's really, really That's amazing. That's super unique, man. Yeah, keep yeah. going. Um, we have Amy Pang and William Vuong, who joined us uh just shortly after Christmas, around the Christmas time, um, they've they helped Taylor out in all the development. Amy's a, a, a wonder woman when it comes to the back end development. Um, William's our front end developer, and he does a lot of the um, design implementation um, that Brandon provides him. And then Taylor is is uh, kind of both of them. So I was <clears throat> I'm not a huge Patriots fan, but I was joke around that that Brandon's kind of my Coach Belichick with the playbook. Uh, Tom <laughs> Taylor's my Tom Brady and. Uh, William and Amy are my kind of tight end receivers to, to take, you know, take plays and kind of keep going with it. So. Man, you guys have a huge team, like huge. Yeah, we've got them. We've added, um, we have a, a controller, um, Beth Jones, who helps us on the accounting and um, managing the books and managing our investors and taxes. And we've got recently added PJ Leslie, who's going to help us out in business development and sales. So yeah, now, we've got a, what round are you in? Did you just do a first round of raise? Was it a, more of a family friends? Did you go to, you know, how many investors are you talking about that openly or kind of what does that look like? Yeah, sure. So um, we did, 
we seeded the company initially with just um, myself, Sunil, and there's a third partner, Satish, who's who's the um, other owner of MotorWorks in Detroit, um, the, the one who inspired Sunil to open up MotorWorks. Oh, cool. Three of us are kind of the founders. Um, after that, we did a first round raise with friends and family in 2016. And then right now, we're currently doing our second round of phase, which um, is extended to more friends and family and other other folks um, to, to bring in. We didn't we didn't approach any institutional investment. We um, we felt like we had a good circle of, of folks who had capital that wanted to be put to work. And we felt like we can deliver returns with uh, a managed risk profile. And we are set to execute that. That's our goal. That's super cool. How many investors altogether? Is it over 10 or 15 or what? Uh, I think I manage about 17 investors. Wow, that's incredible. It's a lot of pressure though, right? I mean, it's a, it's a lot of pressure, especially family and friends. Yet it can be a healthy pressure. It could be a good a good pressure because you know, you you want to you want to make a return so then you can, you know, do another raise or you know, build this company up and maybe have it be acquired and go and do it again, right? It's a it's a good pressure. It's it's um I think our investors are very supportive of us and I I think we knew the opportunity within within this market and we felt that you know the risk was appropriate to approach you know our group and and I do it uh, I try to do my best at being transparent with them and I try to try to communicate what where things are in the process of building the building the app and developing the company so I think very supportive group but it is good pressure it's good to have family and friends in there as, as supporting on on both sides of it but um, yeah no it's it's a uh, it keeps you up at night. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so I've like so I I've had the privilege of really um, interviewing a lot of different people, and <clears throat> both of you guys seem like you have so much going on in your lives, <laughs> and <laughs> I mean you seem so chill. It's it's almost like it's like mind blowing. Like you guys are so relaxed, and you're doing you know four people's jobs. He did, he did, didn't even mention that he's a volunteer sheriff. He left that diesel out. So. <laughs> oh my gosh! He's a volunteer sheriff for Harris County. So how do you do that? Because I, you know, if we're gonna, you know, we've got a few more minutes here, but I want to kind of draw like how do, how are you keeping your head on straight? Because in this consumer culture where everything's about having more, doing more, making more, spending more, giving more, uh, it can be overwhelming, and, and we can actually begin to kind of lose ourselves, right? And finding sure. the, finding the center is huge because what if this is it and that's that's really it i mean if there's more there's more but what if this is it are you enjoying right now it seems like you guys really are grappling that in a good way absolutely so dale what i me personally what i've done is kind of tried to compartmentalize um each and every i guess i don't want to call it career but each and every thing i have to do during the day so uh if i'm going to spend time with the sheriff's office then I, I'm not going to spend more than 20 hours a month with the sheriff's office, and I put that on my calendar, and that's it. And so, because it can, you can easily get carried away with this, and then balancing home life, work, and you know, kids, and all that, you quickly run out of time. Right. And I, I don't want to get burnt out. And fortunately, I have a very, very understanding wife that allows me to do <laughs> to this. Me too. That's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's really is. I mean, you got to have a very understanding partner to do these things. Yep. That's great. So you're just like major time management, compartmentalizing in your own mind and not letting these things, you know, trickle over into your personal lives and your, you know, what about you, Prashanth? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's difficult to, to manage at times, but I think we've surrounded ourselves with a really good team and, and 
the biggest supporter obviously is our wives. Um, you know, they support us day in and day out, no matter how crazy of ideas we have, but you know, they're always supportive and, and that's our foundations for the both of us. Um, and then outside of that, obviously we've built a really good, you know, like I said, development team and design team. And, and I can't, you know, I speak volumes for them because they're able to do, you know, while we work kind of during the day, they're able to keep functioning and keep moving. They don't have to keep waiting for directions. So that allows us to kind of manage our time a lot better. Man, I really, I really like that though. Like even, okay, it's just the idea that you are like, you know, the assistant treasurer at this massive company, right? Um, and, and Sunil, we won't even get into all the things that you're doing. You know, it's <laughs> like, it's pretty cool that when you do have an awesome team and I've, re- and I've learned this and realized this over the last five years, when you have a great team that can kind of self-manage and perpetuate itself, um, that's, that, that's committed to serving the vision and serving the team you guys are really in this powerful oversight role, this visionary role where you're coming in, you're, you're problem solving probably those larger issues, but then you're really launching your team on, you know, weekend and weekend projects where you're talking to them, you know, when, when something's needed. Is that, is that sound accurate or? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You hit the nail on the head. I'd say so. We're, we're unique in our sense where, um, our team is actually kind of all over the country. Um, our development teams in DC, uh, Brandon, our designers in Ohio, we're obviously in Houston, Texas, so you know we're all kind of distant. But we use, we're able to leverage technology in order to stay communicative and stay together. So we use Slack heavily. Slack's our backbone to stay connected and together. Super and, cool. And all the technologies that they use, we're able to communicate and collaborate. And you know we speak to each other on a daily basis, and we all know what's going on. Um, there's never a moment we're out of touch, and there's never a moment another t- team member's out of touch. So everybody knows what's going on. So, you know, I'd love to end the show with each of you kind of sharing a story and a lesson. And, and this is specifically what I kind of want to hear. And I'd like you to kind of be sharing it also to maybe other entrepreneurs or other aspiring uh, leaders or individuals that are, you know, whether they're entrepreneurs or they're in a leadership position in a company. Um, I want you to talk about maybe one of the more difficult things that you've learned and experienced in this um, you know, whether it be te- tech metric or whether it be the auto group or whether it be in your current role in your company, uh, or it might be, it might be actually the conglomerate of all of them. What's the difficult thing that you've kind of gone through and the lesson you've learned that's, you know, whether it's humbled you or whether it's made you take a step back and be like, wow, I'm so thankful. Boom. I'm going to make this adjustment, uh, just to kind of share the humanity of what it is to start up a company. Right. So why don't, why don't you both kind of share a story around that and maybe a lesson that you've learned there. Um, you know, so I think I've learned throughout my time, I think, you know, Talos is, is an amazing company to work for and it's, it's a startup and I've, I've always been really inspired by the CEO of Talos, uh, Tim Duncan, no relation to the basketball player, but, um, he's, he's, he's been a good, uh, motivator for me to kind of watch him as he manages a larger group of people doing deals, uh, talking to bank, bank groups and talking and even managing his own life. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, um, sometimes in awe of, of everything he's able to do. And I kind of take that and I apply it to what we've done with TechMetric and just to, to my own lifestyle. And I think some of the lessons I've learned is, you know, not, it's not everything is as big of a deal as it should be. Take a step back, take a deep breath, have some emotional intelligence, um, understand the plan and understand that there's always options to deviate and move forward. Um, yeah. We've had our fair share of setbacks with TechMetric, um, and you know, I, my advice to other entrepreneurs is, is not give up. Just find other solutions to keep moving forward. Don't let don't let things stop you. Just figure out how to go around it and keep keep marching forward. 
It's great. Super good. How about you, Sunil? So I would have to say you have to fall first in order to walk. And the, the reason I say that is because there have been a lot of setbacks in my life. You know, on the outside, everybody sees the, the positive, but nobody ever sees the challenges that one has to overcome in order to get to where they have to get to. Yeah. And so kind of like the rite of passage, you know, you have to you have to fall, you have to fail, you have to start over in order to succeed. What's been one of those, you know, kind of falling forward moments, one of those those failing forward moments for you? So I'll just say, you know, when we first started Techmetric, we relied on a company locally to develop the software and I relied too heavily, you know, I was the lead on that and I relied too heavily on them to develop the software, not knowing enough about software development myself and it turned out to be a disaster. Um, it wasn't the way software was supposed to be developed. There's no way we could have brought it to market. And so that was, I guess, my failure point. And, you know, we had Prashant and I talked about it together. Uh, from that point, he kind of ran with it and, and started forming the team. And then I got slowly involved again uh, after some of the UX and UI was done. But essentially, we had to start from scratch. Oh my gosh, that's a ton of time and a ton of money. I can't even imagine. Absolutely. And just even like, I know it sounds so stupid and trivial, but it's not like even just forgiving that person because like everything's energy. You can't let that, that emotion that, that even that, you know, if you want to call it betrayal or lie or whatever happened there, you can't let that then trickle into your future relationships with new designers. And cause it all, it's all connected, right? It's all interconnected. Absolutely, Daniel. I agree with you 100%. So that negative energy, that's the past. There's no point of discussing it moving forward. What's happened has happened. It made us stronger. It made us better. And yeah. we move on from that point. That's it, I, I, I second kind of what Sunil said. That. I think that event, though, very uh, disruptive for us and very um, just it just got us down. But that's probably one of the best things that's happened to us that you know, we, we wouldn't be able to be as confident in delivering Techmetric as we are today um, if it wasn't for that moment where we realized we got to restart. And we were fortunate enough to restart with, again, such a great team. And, and because of them, we are able to deliver an outstanding product. Isn't it so interesting how, you know, it's, <clears throat> it's we, we want good things to happen to us, but we only learn when things are bad. We want, we, we want to be further than we ever are yet we're right where we need to be. I mean, it sounds so cheesy, but it's it's not. Like, the, the most beautiful things in life is the struggle. The moment you guys get to a place where Techmetric is exploding and you don't need to be there, you're going to be so freaking bored, you're going to, you know, want to go do something else. And it's I think it's the beauty is, is you know, really enjoying the process and, and letting each day and each moment and each, you know, you know, each difficulty or problem that you solve be today's success. And then, and then going on to the next thing, that's what entrepreneurship is. Um, and I, and I don't think that that's singularly to building a company. You're an entrepreneur when you're bagging groceries at Meyer and you want to be the manager one day, it's reinventing yourself. It's, it's becoming a better version of yourself. Well, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm overwhelmed with what you guys are doing. And I, and I really look forward to, to seeing your success. I, you know, I want to continue to follow up with you and, and if people want to get in contact with you, or even again, if, if someone knows someone that's, you know, an, an auto repair group or, you know, how, how do they get in contact with each of you? 
it's it's easy actually you can <clears throat> find us on facebook you can call us you can email us you can come by come by and visit us where we're we're always accessible to anybody that wants to talk shop great great same with you Sunil. i know you guys both have a, a linkedin here we'll try to put those links in below and uh hey thanks for taking time to come on the podcast today Thank you so much. Thanks, Daniel. Daniel. It was a pleasure talking to you. I hope you're more successful in life because of this episode from The Art of Success. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe for the future updates on other episodes released. Also, if you've enjoyed what you heard today, share The Art of Success with a friend, colleague, or family member. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode.